We need to make sure, and I think this series is going to be used mightily by the Lord to help all of us. How many of you think that our church could be used in a greater way if we were more effective for the Lord, right? And I want to be, I want to be an effective disciple, you know? Uh, I've talked to many over the years that, that I've seen their lives, I've watched their lives. We're going to look at one of those men tonight, the Apostle Paul, who I believe was effective for the Lord after he got saved. He wasn't effective for the Lord before he got saved, but after he was certainly used in a tremendous way. So this morning, we're going to look at this uh, one lesson, and, and I've entitled the lesson this morning, A Healthy Faith. Because, you know, we're living in a day and hour where, honestly, especially Americans, we're not very healthy people. And I'm, I'm not talking today about physical health. I'm talking about spiritual health because I believe the spiritual aspect is, honestly, more important than the physical aspect. And I'm not discounting the fact that we do need to try to, to, to treat our bodies right. But I'm going to tell you that everything flows out of a heart relationship with the Lord. And you're going to see that this morning, and I hope that you're listening with your spiritual heart and your ears this morning. And look what the Bible says here as Paul's writing as our introductory verses in Philippians 1 verses 9 through 11. The Bible says, "In this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till when? Till the day of Christ. Being filled with the fruits, notice it's plural, of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ. Now get a hold of that statement, the being filled. He says, I want your life to be filled with the fruits of righteousness. Well, where do those fruits of righteousness come from? They come from the Lord Jesus Christ. See, when you look at the fruits of the Spirit that are described in the Word of God, and that's, that's what my wife's actually teaching little bitty kids uh, on Wednesday nights in the back, those little boys and girls are learning about love, joy, peace, gentleness, long-suffering. When you put all those fruits in one basket, guess what you get? Jesus. See, the more we have those fruits in our lives, guess who we're more like? Jesus. And it's so important that we see this because he says these fruits, which are by Jesus Christ, are unto the glory and praise of God. When we're acting more like the Lord, when we have a healthy faith, then guess what? God's going to be pleased with us. And that's the lesson this morning that I want you to see as we look into this, this passage this morning, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. I mean, in, in the Christian life, I know sometimes we, and I was thinking this morning, Brother Gilbert, just many of the things that Brother Gilbert and many others here in this auditorium and some in our church have been through. Have you ever wished sometimes in your life that the Christian life would be without any struggle? That it would be a life with minimal effort? You know, that it would be a life that uh, maybe there would be no hassle. How about this? There would be no waiting. Yeah, it sounds like heaven. But you know, the, the thing is, is that, that that's not the Christian life. But in our lives, I wonder if we've ever wished that we would have immediate fruit in our lives, the, the fruits of the Spirit. You know, it's like, think about how ridiculous it is if you went out, and even if it was not a seed, if you bought a seedling, maybe a two-foot, three-foot 
say, apple tree today, and you bought that from some orchard or something, and some uh, nursery, and you took it to your house, and you went out to your backyard, and you planted that apple tree in your backyard, and uh, you, were, you were so excited, boy, I got an apple tree, can't wait for the fruit from that tree, and you go inside, and you have dinner, and you, 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 you're, you stay up for a little while, you go to bed, you get up the next morning, and the first thing you do is you walk out the, to the backyard to that fruit tree, and you want to reach up to grab an apple, and guess what? There's no apples there. You know, sometimes in our lives, fruit doesn't come immediately. It takes time. You know, it maybe, maybe takes some pruning of that tree or our lives, and many times we expect a, an immediate uh, forward progress, a momentum in our lives. It, look, can I tell you that a relationship with Jesus produces fruit, but it produces fruit over a long period of time. We, that's why the Bible talks about how we have to be patient because real Christianity is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, you have to be in it for the long haul. Some people blow in and blow out. You know what God wants? Faithfulness, consistency. He wants us just to be in our place and to grow. Somebody said grow, faith grows with intention and attention. We've got to give attention to our faith. We've got to work on our faith and grow in the, in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ here. And it says, and also in all judgment. So as God works in us, here's what God wants to do. God wants to cultivate fruit in our lives. If you were that tree today, God wants you to have fruit in your life. He wants you to have fruit on your trees. Uh, and it's, it's important that we see this, that God is wanting to cultivate our faith. He's wanting us to have something real in our lives. You know what I'm talking about this morning? Those, those attitudes, those behaviors that we see in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what God wants in our lives. Uh, am I the only one in here that's ever blown it? You know, ever got angry about something? Uh, ever not yielded to something that I should have yielded to? Ever not been patient with someone? And it's like every day, here I go again, right? But the Lord wants to cultivate fruits in our lives and look, we have to desire to obey. And, and look, if you desire to, to obey the Lord, and you will, if you are a true Christian, you will obey the Lord. But listen, every one of us, we need to make sure that we understand a biblical faith is one that's active. A biblical faith is one that produces visible transformation and obedience to Jesus Christ. In other words, the fruit wasn't on the tree when you got saved, but hopefully after a, a, a time period with the Lord over all these years, hopefully there's starting to, fruit starting to appear on that tree. Fruit starting to appear in your life. Now, that's what I've been encouraging. Look, the, God wants to grow us. God wants to cultivate things in your life and mine. And we have to see how important it is that our life is producing something. Because somebody said our beliefs, what you and I believe, produces our behavior. So do you believe the Word of God this morning? Do you believe God this morning? Because seriously, from those beliefs, it should produce a certain behavior. 
James talked about this in James chapter number two. Look there in your notes. He, he said it this way. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith and I have works. He says, show me thy faith without thy works and I will show thee my faith by my works. Now, he's not talking about you have to work to be saved. This is, this is in the area of our lives where he's saying that God's work that's in us, James is describing, is God's trying to design our lives to cultivate fruit. And look, he, James is describing good works flow from us. We who are saved, we that know Christ. In other words, his grace flows to us, but his grace also should flow through us. And it's important that we see this. The natural result of genuine faith, it, what I'm trying to get across this morning is what? To be more like who? More like Christ, right? So we need to understand this. Look at Ephesians 2.10. Great verse. Now, we always talk about Ephesians 2.8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. We know those verses very well. But look at the very next verse, and look what it says here. We are his what? His, listen. It's not you working your life out. We are His workmanship. Now look at the very next phrase. Created in who? Yeah, created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works. So look, who saved you? The Lord did, right? And it, the Lord saved you so that you and I would have fruit in our lives. Why would the Lord leave us here if God didn't have a purpose and plan for your life? God wants us to have some spiritual fruit in our lives, and this is what it is, is that healthy conditions, okay, anybody that's ever worked a garden, had trees, you know, I've got a tree in my backyard, we moved into our house, and it's a, it's a mango tree, and, and when I looked at it the first time, I thought, well, that's some kind of bush, then I noticed there were all these mangoes hanging on it, and I'm like, that doesn't look like a mango tree, it looks like a mango bush. Well, nobody's ever pruned that tree. Nobody's ever worked that tree. And so what I, what I told my wife is, I said, look, I'm going to wait until after the mangoes are, are, are gone, until they're ripe and I can pick them. And then I'm going to go out there and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trim that tree. Now, can I tell you, it might take after I trim that tree, and it'll only be about three, four feet high. It might take years. But when we walk around our neighborhood, there, there's one neighbor about four houses down to my right that has a mango, one of the biggest mango trees I've ever seen in my life. And I don't know if it was them or who it was, but, but this lady and two little kids came by our house twice and knocked on the door with Walmart bags. Would you like some free mangoes? Because they had so many mangoes on that tree, they couldn't do anything with them all. And, and I thought, well, I don't want a mango tree that big in my backyard. But, you know, it, it, the sad reality was I was going to wait until those mangoes were ripe. I was going to pick them and bring them in, give them to the church members. Because I'll eat a little mango, but I'm not a huge fan. But I know a lot of our members love mangoes. And I went out there, and somebody stole all the mangoes off my tree. <laughs> They're all gone all, in my backyard. Went out there, took every last one of them, and I, I, I just felt so violated. I couldn't believe it. They took my mangoes. Listen, can I tell you this morning that we're talking about how, listen, we are his workmanship created unto Christ Jesus unto good works. Now, can I tell you, listen, this morning, no matter how hard you and I try, we, you and I, we cannot manufacture fruit. 
You can't manufacture fruit in your lives, but you can cultivate a health that leads to fruit. Did you hear what I said? You and I, we can't, we can't manufacture fruit, but we can prepare our hearts. We can have the right attitude, the right behavior. Well, where does all that come from? Our faith, our faith in God, our faith in the Word of God. So let me give you this morning some things that I think that are basic things that are something that will help us to have a healthy faith and to have a fruitful life. Look at number one this morning. A healthy faith receives communication from the Word of God. It receives communication from the Word of God. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received, look at this, what did they receive? The Word of God, which ye heard of us, which ye received not as the Word of men, but as it is in truth, the Word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that what? That believe. You know what the Bible says in Romans 10, right? Faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the Word of God. He, Paul's writing to those in Thessalonica and he says, we're so excited about how you're receiving the communication from the Word of God. Folks, you cannot have a healthy faith. You can't have fruit in your life as a Christian if you're not going to receive the communication that God has for you from His Word. You've got to receive what the Word of God has to say. It's so important that we see that we have to desire the sincere milk of the Word of God as a newborn babe. We've got to have a hunger and a thirst for it. God's design is that the first method of growing of our faith is the Word of God, the Bible. You know, look, folks, there's so many things that as we continue to grow, but one thing you're never going to outgrow is the Word of God. It, it has to have priority in your life. You've got to be in it on a daily basis if you want to have a healthy faith. The reason why some people are so anemic as Christians is because they're never receiving the communication from the Word of God. We've got to receive what God has given to us. Listen, hearing the truth will change your life like nothing else does. I've seen people who, who, whose lives were steeped in sin. I've seen people that were not saved, that, that everybody had tried to show them how they can uh, know Christ as their Savior, and then they, they collided, their lives collided with the Word of God, and their lives were never the same again. The greatest example that I can give you this morning is the Apostle Paul. Saul was, was vehement about the things of God. But when he heard the truth and it pierced his heart, he received the communication from God himself. And listen, that the word of God effectually worked in him. Folks, listen, we need to fill our lives with the word of God. Without God's word, we will not have a healthy life. And, and a lot of times we want to fill our, look, we fill our heads and our hearts with so many things nowadays, don't we? But the one thing we need the most is we need the communication from the Word of God. I want to have a healthy faith. And it comes from starting with the Word of God. But look at number two. We secondly, not only need a communication from the Word, but we need community with believers. Community with believers. We got together yesterday and had, had a good time with some folks from our church. And I just love getting together with God's people. I, I love Sundays. I love Wednesday nights. I love special times. I love events, different things like that. 
In other words, a community of believers. When, when the, the, the people that were trusting Christ in the first century, after they got saved, look at the Bible says in Acts 2 and verse 42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and prayers. Folks, we, we should make sure, as it says in the book of Hebrews, that we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Uh, a church assembles itself. God's people get together. Look, folks, you, you need the church. You need to be around the people of God. Uh, the world's going to do everything it can to pull you away from God. But if you want to have a healthy faith, we've got to be together as God's people. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together. I need someone that whenever I'm struggling that I can go to. And the Bible says as we come together, we can comfort ourselves, we can edify one another even as also ye do. Uh, I love what somebody said, God's greatest greenhouse for growing faith is the local church. It's a wonderful place to receive the word of God, to get together with other believers in Christ, to have our faith to be increased, to grow in our understanding of not only God, but God's will for our lives. Look, it's so important that we're, we're committing ourselves together. That these, these early Christians, folks, they were, they were interdependent. They got together. They had all things in, 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 in accord, in one accord. They had all things in common, the Bible says, and they came together. But listen, I love this, that as they were interdependent, they were totally dependent upon Jesus. They depended on the Lord. They committed themselves to doing faith together. You know why? Because the Christian journey, the Christian life is not a solo journey. Uh, you're not in this alone. Uh, you need to understand that we are a community of believers, that we need each other. And I love the fact when you study the Word of God, folks, listen, God calls us together. Why? To encourage one another. He calls us together to worship Him. He calls us together to pray. And you can't do those things alone. Many times we try to. But we need to receive the communication. We need to understand that He wants us to be a part of a community of believers. Look, we need to have love among us, and that love is so important. Listen, Jesus put a high priority on love. And as a matter of fact, He put it this way. He, Jesus stressed that it was the one thing when we love each other, that will cause the world around us to believe the gospel. Look at this verse here. By this, I mean, here's a bunch of adults that aren't even related to each other, that have, they're so different, but there's something about how they treat each other, how they act towards each other, how they love each other. You know, I love standing in the foyer on Sunday mornings. People come in, and it's just like family coming in. You know, it's like, hey, how you doing? How's your week been? People hugging and, you know, just having a great time. And to me, it's, it's, it's getting together with family. And he, Jesus said, look, it's so important that we love each other because by this love shall all men know that you are my disciples. He says, listen, they won't be able to explain it. What would cause a bunch of total strangers to carry on the way they do with each other. 
He says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Now look, that's what the Lord wants for our lives. He wants us to love each other. You know what the devil wants to do? He wants to divide us. The devil wants to cause a, a schism in the body. You know, where there, there's a problem between one person and the other. But listen, a healthy faith doesn't go it alone. A healthy faith realizes I've got to receive communication from the Word of God, and I've got to have a relationship with other believers in Christ. And that's why church is so important. I've run into people over the years, and I ask them, and, and they'll say to me, oh, I, I worship the Lord. And I'll say, well, what church do you go to? Well, I, I, I worship the Lord in my backyard. They're missing it, folks. You're not going to fellowship with other believers in your backyard unless one of those believers is a tree in your backyard and you're going to hug your tree. Folks, listen, God saved you and he's allowed you to be a part of something that he loved himself, that he gave himself for it. And we need to be a community of believers. You want to have a healthy faith? Receive the communication from the Word of God. Be a community with believers. Look at number three, and this one's real important because the first two were really just something that, that, that is uh, to us collectively. But look at this third one is we need to have communion with Jesus. Communion with Jesus. See, this is the one that I think is where our faith needs to get personal. The time we spend with the Lord, Psalm 1-2, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You know, I, I think to myself about how much time I actually spend with the Lord. I never, I've never got over those words in Revelation chapter 3 where Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will op hear my voice and open the door, you know, if, if, if you're willing to open the door, look what he says. I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Do you want to spend time with the Lord? Because it's important that we see that our faith is dependent, yes, on the word of God and yes, on other believers. But folks, listen, our daily walk with Jesus, it's vital. It's what's going to anchor us and give us a growing faith, a fruitful faith. Look, it's, I'm talking about that one-on-one -on -one time uh, with the Lord, spending time talking with the Lord. Remember that conversation that Mary and Martha had with the Lord and how upset Martha was because she was doing the ironing and the cooking and the cleaning? And what was Mary doing? She was sitting at Jesus' feet. And Jesus called it, that needful thing. He says, I'm not going to take that away from her. You know what she was doing? Spending time with the Lord. That's what we need to do. That's why God's given us his word is to spend time. But listen, can I also tell you that this is the one area, communion with Jesus, this is the one area that's probably the easiest to neglect in our lives. You know why? Because you get up in the morning and if you're like me, your mind starts thinking about, I got to do this today. I've got this appointment, I've got to take care of this. And then on top of those things that you start thinking you need to do, other things pop up. I mean, I sit down and I start to write things out and then all of a sudden things just start popping in my mind 
and I get on my computer and I start working and before long, three hours have gone by and guess who I haven't spent any time with? Jesus. And that's the most important thing. I say, but you're a pastor. Yes. It's, it's, it's easy sometimes to neglect our time with the Lord, but a healthy faith is one that communes with Jesus daily. Let me, let me give you a little reminder. Remember the book of Genesis when God created everything that was in this world? And after he created it all, he, he formed man out of the dust of the ground. You remember how the Bible records that God would come to walk with man in the cool of the garden, right? Why was God doing that? Why would God come and spend time with Adam? Because God desired to have time with us. Does that amaze you? That God wants us to have time with him? See, that's, that's vital. But the reason we don't have a healthy faith is because we're not spending that time, we're not communing with the Lord, and it, we need to make sure that we're doing that. Look at number four, this one, a lot of us, maybe recently, maybe in the past, maybe in the days ahead, is that sometimes we will, in our lives, we'll come across what I would call cataclysmic events. Things that happen in our lives, look here, that turn our lives upside down. You could never see it coming. Something that just alters the direction of your life. And, and you know what it does? It blows many people off course. I mean, they, they, they start focusing on the event. You remember, remember when the disciples were in the midst of the Sea of Galilee and the winds and the waves? And then somebody said that they saw something coming towards them and they said it looked like a ghost. And you remember it was the Lord and then he asked Peter and Peter stepped out of the boat and he began to sink because he took his eyes off the Lord. Just like Peter, you know what we do? We tend to look at all the circumstances, everything that's going on in our lives and we take our eyes off of who? off the Lord. And look, many times we forget what the Bible says. It's not just a little trite verse in the Bible. Romans 8, 28, we know it. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. You want to know what the, one of the greatest doctrines in the word of God is? The sovereignty of God. It's one of the greatest doctrines in all the word of God. Because when you think about the sovereignty of God, folks, if you believe that, then you know this, that God is ultimately in control of everything. He control. look, he spoke, peace be still. And the sea became like glass. The wind was gone. Only God can do that in our lives. And if we want a healthy faith, we've got to understand that God sometimes will use things in our lives being a Christian, look, nothing enters our lives without God allowing it to happen that way. Look, at, Listen to what somebody said. Real Christianity isn't a problem-free life. It's a promise-filled life. See, God's promise, what did he say? I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, when you go through those times, he'll be there with us. He, he will prove himself. Has God not proven to you already in your life 
that he is a very present help in time of trouble, that God is there for you, that he will lead you and that he will come through for you, that God will answer your prayers. Listen, the question this morning is, when some cataclysmic event comes into your life, do you allow it to flatten you or fortify you? Do you say, I know that God's working all things together. I know this is for my good. God doesn't hate me. God loves me. God would never do anything bad in my life. See what I'm talking about? This makes for a healthy faith. I just believe that God's working. I, I may not know what it is, but listen, God has a design. And you know what these events are? They're God's design to grow you. They're God's design to help you. A healthy faith, listen to this, and maybe you can incorporate this into your life, is when one of these cataclysmic events happen. Maybe instead of, instead of taking your eyes off the Lord and looking at that event, maybe your prayer should be something like this. God, I don't know what you're doing, but please grow me through this event. Grow me. Make me a better Christian. Give me a healthier faith. Listen, how many times did Jesus say to his disciples, O ye of little faith? That was the disciples. They spent time with the Lord. They walked with the Lord. They heard him. They saw the miracles that he performed. And yet they were men that had a puny faith. A puny faith. And Jesus says, look, I want you to have a healthy faith. When these events come into your lives, look, allow God to use them to grow us. Look at another thing that I see in our lives is compassionate service. If we're going to have a healthy faith, we've got to have a compassionate service. 1 Corinthians 16, 15, I beseech you, brethren. Notice what the testimony here. He says, you know the house of Stephanus? He says that it's the first fruit of Achaia. That means that area known as Achaia that these were the first people that are actually saved, led to Christ. And he says, look at the testimony of these people that were saved, that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Now, there's a lot of people today that are addicted to all kinds of things. You know, and by the way, it's not just drugs, alcohol. It could be food, I mean, pornography, whatever it is. But listen, when's the last time we, we said to ourselves, hey, listen, I'm going to do everything that God would allow me to do to be addicted to being a minister to other people. I'm going to give my life to help other people. Uh, Peter said it this way, as every man hath received the gift, even so, just as you receive that gift, take that gift and minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. In other words, God's been good to you. Why don't you take those gifts that God's given to you and help somebody else? You know, that, that's the Christian life, folks. We just studied the Good Samaritan a little while, a couple weeks ago, did we not? You know, who is my neighbor? Doesn't matter if you don't know them or not. Hey, listen, the manifold grace of God, we're all saved by grace, right? And understand that God's grace has been given to us, and then we should extend that grace. Well, how do we do that? Compassionately. We serve compassionately. Where do we get that example? We get it from the Lord to be more like him. Look at Hebrews 6.10. God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Well, maybe if I do something like that, nobody might not ever see me give a, 
give a dollar bill to that guy on the corner, the street corner. Nobody might ever, not ever see me uh, clean something in the church. Listen, it doesn't matter if anybody sees you. God will not, and it's a labor of love, the Bible says. Folks, listen, are you doing what you're doing to be seen of men? Or are you doing it because of what the Lord's done in your heart? I want to serve the Lord compassionately. And when we've been given those gifts, we're given those gifts to serve. Folks, are you using the gifts that God's given to you to serve the Lord? I've, I've seen so many in our church that, that use spiritual gifts. The things that God has given to them, again, those pneumaticos, those gifts that are given to us, they're not given to us so we can hoard them. He's given those to us so that we can be a blessing to other people. You know, and many times I've asked folks to, to do various things. I've, I've, I've asked guys to pray about being a deacon in our church because I believe God's given them the, the, the spirit and the attitude of, of serving. And, 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 and I've asked other folks to do various things because God's put someone on my heart about maybe this area in their lives. And we need to be compassionate the way the Lord does. Look, somebody said, you weren't designed to be a cul-de-sac Christian. You were created to be a conduit Christian. You know what a cul-de-sac is, right? You're driving along and you realize, oh, I'm on one of these where you get down to the end and it's just kind of a circle and you have to turn around and come right back out. But a conduit is something that flows straight on through. God says, I want your life that I can flow through it, that you can be a conduit for me. God's grace should flow through us, not just to us. God wants us, listen, you and I to bring others Look, when you got saved, you became a child of God, right? You know what God wants to do? He wants to use you and me to help others to become a part of the community of believers, to bring other people to Christ. And the only way that's going to happen, watch this, this is where it gets hard for some people, is when you need to realize that God is going to call you out of your comfort zone. You know what church members like? Nice padded seats air-conditioned auditoriums. It's amazing how comfortable we get. And I'm not just talking physically. But you know, an eagle is never going to fly unless that mother eagle forces it out of the nest. And before that eagle will leave that nest, you know what she does? She takes out all the feathers and all the soft materials that she's put in there and you know what's left is all the sticks that she built that nest out of. And those sticks are prickly, and those little eaglets, they can't get comfortable. And they realize, you know what, this isn't as good as I thought it was. And then they decide, I'm going to leave this nest. God will use things in your life to help you to see that there are people out there that need the Lord, and our faith will come alive. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I've met a lot of people over the years in the Christian life, and they're good Christians, and they're faithful in, their, in coming and attending church, but when they start getting involved in ministry, that, get, that puts them in a whole new level of the Christian life. I almost see people come alive when they start to serve the Lord. If you're not serving the Lord in some capacity, then, then pray about it. Come talk to me or someone else and say, Pastor, is there something I can do? Is there something that I can get plugged into around here? Folks, listen, we need to have a compassionate service. And if we do, then guess what? We'll have a healthy faith. And then look at the last one. And I think this, this is one that just should make sense is that there should be a continual cultivation in your life. 
Remember, remember that I was talking about gardens and trees and things like that? You don't just plant something and, and never, never water it, never cultivate it. You've got to work it. Uh, you've got to spend time. And I love the thought here is that your heart and mine is the field, but God's the gardener. God will grow fruit in your life. He'll cultivate fruit, but the key is if you let him. If you allow God to do that, and one of the primary instructions that God gives to us, it, it, remember there's not fruit immediate in our lives, we have to be patient. To be patient, look at these verses, Hebrews 10, 36. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. James said, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh what? Patience. He says, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect an entire wanting nothing. You know what God uses? He uses the slow cultivating message method. God will slowly work in your lives. And that's why uh, Paul, I believe, wrote in Hebrews 10, cast not away therefore your confidence, which, which hath great recompense of reward. In other words, Paul's saying this, don't get restless in the Christian life when things don't happen immediately. Don't get weary he says, understand that God is cultivating your faith. And while you're waiting on the Lord to produce fruit in your life, he says, here's what you need to do. You need to keep yielding. You just need to keep waiting on the Lord, keep resting in him. Look, there are seasons in the Christian life. Most of you probably realize that by now. There's sometimes you're going to see fruit and sometimes you're not going to see fruit. Sometimes the Lord's going to seem like he's very near in your life. And other times he might seem to you like he's distant. There are definitely seasons, but real Christianity is a faith journey. But the best part about that journey is what? That it has a happy ending. And that happy ending is that we're going to be, forever be with the Lord, right? So look what it says here. As you think about forever being a long time, forever is eternity. And the Bible says, as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that what? That love him. Do you love the Lord today? How many of you want to have a healthy faith? Well, here's, listen, six practical things this morning. That when you think of the Christian life and the journey, you know, uh, however long you've been saved, God is trying to work and cultivate your life, and he's trying to grow your faith, and produce fruit in your life. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works. God's trying to work in our lives, and I believe it's the love that He's talking about here today that's going to give us a healthy faith, a healthy faith. And I hope that's what you want this morning. And uh, Brother Patrick just walked in. Happy birthday to you this week. And uh, so, he's is that this week? <laughs> happy birthday, buddy. And let's wish him a happy birthday this week. And so uh, we'll uh, get started here in about 15 minutes with our service, and you are dismissed, all right?